Tigers Avenue for a fantastic show. Look, we got some stuff to talk about. We've got some things to address. But before we do that, I need to have a personal note. Tomorrow is Easter Sunday. And as many as you know, as many of you know, um, I am a pastor and firm believer in Jesus Christ. And I fully believe that he died for my sins. And my sins are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I would be amiss if I did not mention something for Easter Sunday on the platform that the Lord has blessed us with, with Tigers Avenue. I want to read something for you real quick. Luke chapter 24, verse number 5. Verse 6, and as they were frightened, bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? And here's the most incredible part. One of the greatest things that has ever happened in the history of humanity. He is not here. Verse 6 says, he is not here, but has risen. Jesus Christ rose from the dead, defeated defeated the grave, and in doing so, defeated death and conquered the sin of humanity. And because such an incredible love that Jesus Christ had for us, sinners like myself, one so undeserving of his love, can have a loving relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's incredible. And I had to open up with that because it is Easter. And I love Easter because it's my favorite holiday as we remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. But also, not only remembering what he did for us on the cross, but celebrating the resurrection of King Jesus. So, now that I've gotten that and said that, if you'd ever like to discuss that with me further, I am more than willing to talk to anybody who is open to it. But you are here to listen and hear about some Tigers info. So let's get into it, okay? We got to talk about some baseball. Boy, oh boy. Baseball heads out to Fayetteville, and they catch three straight losses. They get swept by the Hawks. It is safe to say, as much as I hate to say it, that this year, the Piggies of Arkansas have dominated LSU in pretty much every sport. Not pretty much. Every major sport. Football, you lost to them in your own stadium. Brutal loss in overtime. You played the Hogs twice in basketball the regular season. You lost both times. And then you played them in the SEC tournament in basketball for the third time. And you got beat all three times. And then here in Fayetteville, on the diamond, the Hogs sweep the Tigers. So, your LSU Tigers in men's major sports 
are a whopping 0 for 7 against the Hogs. So, all of you Hog fans, enjoy it. Enjoy it now. But it won't last long. Okay? It will not last long. Relish in this moment now. Because the Tigers will be back. And who knows? We may see the Hogs again later this year. We may have another opportunity at the Hogs in the SEC tournament. But for now, you tip your cap. You give it to the Hogs. They've kind of dominated this year. And it is what it is. There's nothing else you can do about that. You can't make up excuses for the fact that you are 0-7 against Arkansas. Arkansas! In all men's major sports. Absolutely brutal. It makes me want to puke. Now, that's my thoughts on LSU versus Arkansas this entire year. But let's get into the details of the game uh, or of, of this series. Game one was the best game of the series. It was the best game. It was the closest game. Today's game was a little closer than yesterday's game, but they still pulled away. Balcony Bengals said pain. Indeed, I'm feeling some pain right now after this series loss. <sighs> Look, Thursday, you beat yourself. If I remember correctly, and I'm pretty sure I remember correctly, All of the five runs that Arkansas scored, all five, came off of either an error that led to a run, a defensive miscue that wasn't counted as an error, or a walk. You beat yourself. The defense on Thursday night reared its ugly head again, and you had a one sloppy inning where you blew it. Look, McHale did enough. McHale Hilliard did enough for you in that game to get it done. He did enough. And really, your bats did enough, but your defense failed you again. It is... It is like the plague we cannot shake off. Every single game of this series literally came down to one inning of botched miscues. And it seems like LSU cannot shake this one inning thing where we blow it. I mean, it was like the inning... Oh, man, now I'm drawing a blank. Against a and I almost said Auburn. Against Texas a and when they scored six runs in the first game of that series, and they didn't score any more runs in any other inning but that inning when you just could not pick the darn ball up and make the play. And the same was true for this series. You should have won Thursday night's game. They go up 2-0, and you're really still in that game. They sketched one across in the first inning. They sketched one across uh, later that evening. I, I think it was uh, – here, let me let me double-check myself. It was the third inning, and it was 2 to nothing. But you're still in that game. You're still in that game. And then in the sixth inning, your bats get rolling, and on two outs, you have three straight RBI singles – all in a row, all on two outs, your offense shows what it can do, and you take the lead. This is a huge moment in the series. You have the chance to capitalize on the first game and take control of this series here in the very beginning when you're on the road in the SEC West. This is crucial. The first game is crucial. 
And in one inning, when you are down two runs and you are able to take the lead, that is huge. It's huge. And then you go to the next inning and you can't pick the ball up and they score three runs off of miscues here, miscues there, miscues everywhere. And they score three and take the lead back. Your offense almost, almost got you through it again, but not quite enough. And you're able to sketch one more across, and the game ends 5-4. to four. I don't know what we have to do. I don't. But with, this is what we're dealing with. There is nothing that we can do to change this defense, it feels like. I, I It's just sickening to watch. And it's it it's always seems it's like it's one inning. It's one inning. It's not like the entire game. It's one inning. One. If you can just hold it together and not completely blunder in one inning, you are winning a lot of these games. But you win the Auburn series if you don't blow the one game, the one inning in the first game. It was Auburn. Thank you, Balcony Beagles. It seems like it's one inning every time. On on Thursday night, your your error-ridden inning was seven. It was the seventh inning. On Friday night, You did not score any. So, I mean, you can't win games if you don't score. But on Friday night, it was the third inning. We didn't really commit errors, but that was one inning where you let it go. And here on Saturday, you had the lead. You had it together. Lo and behold, the fifth inning comes around. Four runs crossed for Arkansas. And you're still in it. You're still in it. But then you allow the two-run bomb that put the nail in the coffin. (sighs) Carl Dunn, Friday wasn't even close to winning. No, it wasn't. I mean, it was dead as a doornail. Dead as a doornail. Offense wasn't rolling. I saw some complaints about Blake Money. I I don't know if you can put that too much on Blake Money just because your offense didn't do anything to help him in the first place. When you don't score a single run, you're not going to win a game. You have to score at least one run to win a game. You didn't score any. Balcony Mingles looks like we bought into our own hype too much. Unfortunately, that's the reality, guys. Unfortunately, that is the reality. New coach, and none of this, this is personal opinion. I don't think any of this is on Jay Johnson. I think Jay Johnson is doing the absolute best he can with what he's been given. Like, he's trying to formulate this bullpen system that worked so well against Mississippi State, and really it would have worked well this weekend if your defense helped you out. And in the case of Friday, if your offense would have helped you out a little bit. I think Jay Johnson's doing the best he with what he can, honestly. And I think when Jay Johnson gets his guys in here, and, I don't, and I'm not knocking these guys. I mean, these guys, there's a reason there was hype. I mean, there's three first-rounders, potentially four, in your one, two, three, four lineup, in, in your one, two, one through four spots. I mean, there is so much talent. But if you can just clean the defense up, Holy cow, you could be really freaking good. You could be so good. And Jay Johnson made, you know, made this statement uh after Thursday night's game, you know, 
we're rolling with what we got, and we just got to hope they they improve. I think I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but that's the gist of what he said. We're rolling with what we got. Who got is who we got. I mean, not to call names or anything, but if y'all want to suggest somebody better than Jordan Thompson, you know, I'm all ears. I, I've, I mean, I, I've suggested people like Drew Bianco. Drew Bianco's a great defender, but then you're going to lack some offense. Unless his offense can get going like it did, you know, in the regional at Oregon in the later season last year, like, like it was last year, then maybe sure you could plug him in there. I don't know if I trust Collier Cranford that much because the one time we made that move, the first ball that came to him, he couldn't make the play. If you're going to be in there for elite defense, if we're going to sacrifice offense for elite defense, you better darn make sure you're making those plays. You better be making those plays. So, by all means, if y'all have a suggestion, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not berating y'all. Like, who who would y'all suggest? I mean, my first thought is Bianco because I think he's one of the best defensive players you have on the team, and I've said that several times. I think he deserves a chance. I mean, after what we've been seeing, I think he deserves a chance. Really. And I don't ever want to put a game on one guy because I think there's so much more to a game than just one guy. But, boy, Thursday night you could have won that game. You could have won that game. Throw up Carl Dunn's uh, uh, comment there. How about the delay at the plate ump call strike at plate and was out? Oh, my. Oh, my goodness, Carl. I was red hot, man. And if I was Jay Johnson, I'd have been tossed. No question. I'd have been gone, son. I would have been gone. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen a moment in college baseball where the umpire umpire wanted to make the game all about him as bad as that moment. That was horrible. Are you kidding me? In a one-run ball game? In a crucial situation when there's two outs and there's two runners on base, you call the guy out because he took a little bit more time than everybody else to get into the batter's box? Are you joking right now? Are you kidding me? You can stop and and call time and give him a formal warning. They did not even give him a formal warning. They gave him a warning, but they did not call time and say, hey, get in the box. We just heard the commentator commentator start saying, oh, I think they're telling him to get in the box. But nobody stopped. Nobody called time. Like, give the guy a warning. Maybe he can't hear you. You're standing on third base with a stopwatch watching every move he makes. Are you kidding me? And you ring him up with a runner in scoring position in an SEC West baseball game with a one-run game? Are you kidding me? Awful. That 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 very reason. Those very reasons in games are why I think umpires, referees should have some kind of accountability, some kind of post-game press conference where they have to answer questions because those guys get to go home scot-free. That man will never have to answer a question about that moment that anybody in the public eye knows of. Nobody. How bad would I love to see a reporter post-game ask that umpire what was said in that moment? Why were you so eager and why were you so fast to make that call? You didn't even give him a formal warning. There's got to be some more responsibility, some more accountability. These are big-time games, and you are making good money as an SEC umpire to make stupid decisions like that. There's no doubt in my mind I would have been ejected in that moment. Carl Dunn, I would have been ejected without question. Without, I don't know how Jay... I mean, I know it got really close. I know it got close. The umpire, I think, gave him a final warning. If Jay would have said anything else, I'm pretty sure he'd have been gone. 
but Jay headed back to the dugout, I would have snapped. I would have snapped. Now, I wouldn't have gone Tony Vitello, okay? I know y'all saw that today. What is that man so mad about? Middle of the first inning in a scoreless ball game, so mad that you're getting ejected. Not only is one of your assistant coaches ejected, now you're ejected and you run yourself into the umpire. Um, Suspension is pending for Tony Vitello. That was completely uncalled for. You can snap on somebody and try to rally your team up, try to pump your team up, but that was uncalled for. I, I mean, I've just got to say it. That was uncalled for, especially in a scoreless ball game after the top of the first inning, supposedly over one call, one strike call after the first inning, a little over the top for me. For me, that was a little bit over the top, especially since you had already had another coach get ejected. But if I was Jay Johnson today, whew, whew, I'd have been hot. I would have been hot. I was hot, but I'm not Jay Johnson. And I digress. But Zach was 100% right, y'all. We got, we got really excited about the Mississippi State sweep, and Zach said, you know, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but we did this after the Florida series, and we saw what happened at Auburn. Will the consistency be there with this kind of production? And it wasn't. I would have been okay if you went and lost two, and you got one. Arkansas is leading the West. You were only a game behind them coming into this series. It's an away series. If you get one win, so be it. But swept, especially after Thursday night when you beat your own self, brutal. Absolutely brutal. But I will not continue to harp. I will not continue to harp on the baseball team. We will move forward from the diamond here. Zach Attack. Hey, hey. Spring football. Let's talk it. Or give me your brief summary on give me a a give me one word. One word to sum up LSU's loss series sweep in Fayetteville. And then we'll talk spring football. One word. One word only. Disappointment. I knew it. Disappointment. Disappointment indeed. Man, dude, Thursday, to- Thursday. Yeah. Thursday, because you had Friday and because you had Saturday, it makes Thursday that much worse. Yes, it was. It was horrible. Absolutely brutal. But let's talk some spring football. Let's do that. That's a little, we're on a little bit more positive note now. There, as you know, they they were in Tiger Stadium. We got some really great clips, you know, that have been circling around. Love you what you've been seeing out of Brian Kelly. You gotta love Brian Kelly, man. I mean, how do you not like it, man? I, I there's always look, haters, y'all. y'all. I don't understand why my father does not like the Brian Kelly hire. He is so blinded. Dad, if you're listening, you're blinded by the fact. You are blinded by the fact that he hasn't won a national championship at a school that hasn't won a national championship in 34 years and five coaches. Look at the recruiting he did at the crappy place that is South Bend, Indiana, and the places he took Notre Dame with such a restrictive academic level of of, of requirement, the armpit that is South Bend, and he still made it to BCS National Championships. He still made it to the college playoffs 
with all of the crappiness that he had to go through to recruit players, to beg players to get there, and you have LSU, whose last three coaches have won a national championship in this century. Notre Dame ain't won a championship in this century. But there's been three different coaches at LSU in this century to win a national championship. Brian Kelly came here to win a national championship and so that he does not have to fly across the country to recruit everybody. He can stay at, at, in Louisiana, recruit his tail off in Louisiana, and also go out of state. Uh, Michael Doherty, safety out of Georgia. Ryan Yates. Ryan Yates out of Texas. And bring him here where the last three coaches, have I said that enough, have won a national championship. And two of them had a squirrel brain. <laughs> Brian Kelly is going to win a national championship at LSU. Father. Over or under? Five years. <sighs> I love you, Dad. Under. But, jeez, under. Yeah. Some of y'all may not like this. My prediction for LSU will probably end up being this year around 8-4, 9-and-3. I would not be surprised if LSU was pushing 10-2, and 11-1, and one, and pushing us for a spot in the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh boy. I will say I mean, reasonably, realistically, 9-3, and 8-4. and four, I wouldn't be surprised, though. I mean, Reagan, if you're on losses to Bama, you're in the playoffs. You're a one-loss SEC's team, and your one loss is probably to the SEC champion. You're in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. And you might be the so, number two or three seed. I'm just saying. Carl Dunn, did the last three coaches win national championships? You better believe it, Carl. You better believe it. All right. We're talking Brian Kelly because Brian <laughs> Kelly's getting me excited. But we need to talk some spring football, which includes Brian Kelly. Zach, give me your yeah. thoughts on what you've seen, what you've heard, what you've watched spring football in recent days. Well, first off, to get to the recruiting update, as y'all, as Reagan already said, you get the, the four-star safety out of Georgia. You get the four-star safety out of Texas. He can't recruit. Michael that. Daughtry. Can't recruit. No, he can't. Michael Daughtry and Ryan Yates both commit to LSU, both guys that are out of state. Not only is Brian Kelly locking down the state itself in Louisiana, oh, he's also going out into Georgia and Texas and picking off four stars away from the Aggies, the Georgia Bulldogs, Texas Longhorns, all those guys. So really impressive job already by Brian Kelly in state and out of state. As we mentioned, you were going to see – two guys that were going to commit this week, and we did. We saw the Ryan Yates commit. We saw the Michael Daughter commit. We mentioned the potential of another transfer that was going to commit. Unfortunately, as I've been saying, Tyler Steen, we were getting word that he was a heavy, heavy Bamaline there at the end. And unfortunately, that's where he decided to go. Now, for me, that's where – Kind of confusing because he's going to go in there and probably sit the bench. And if you come to LSU, you're probably a first-game starter. Like, you're probably in there versus Florida State as a starter. But the pitch I digress. Out pretty easy, though. Yeah, you're just like, here, look at my rings. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. anyways. So, for spring practice, Reagan, I've been really impressed with the wide receivers. Like, yeah. Malik Neighbors has been having a really good spring. Jack Besh yeah. has been having a really good spring. Trey Jenkins has been having a really good spring. Kyron Lacey has kind of come Thomas. on a lot more as of late. Brian Thomas, like the list just goes, like all those guys that we know we have and that can be absolute ballers, Chris Hilton. I mean, you can, you can, it's so easy to miss somebody. And it, when you miss them, it's not because, you know, like they're bad or they're, they're behind in, in you know, in the wide receiver room. It's just because there's so many guys, like there's so yeah. many guys that are excelling at that position. And so something that I thought was really, really cool. So I found this out the other day. So they are, they are making wide receivers. 
uh, th- they are keeping them from making competitive catches until yeah, late that's... in the practice when they are fatigued and they're tired. And so they're trying to, you know, build their mental toughness so that, you know, guys are having to make these catches at the end of practice when they're worn down and, you know, and they're going one-on-one on these DBs and they are expected, you know, to make the plays. And the quarterbacks are looking good. Like Garrett Nussmeyer, I, I saw a few of him scrambling around to make a play. Miles Brennan had a really, really good, great pass to Jare Jenkins. Jaden Daniels had a great pass, a little crossing route to Kyron Lacey, and he housed it. Armani Goodwin housed a, a long touchdown run. 65 uh, yards, 70 yeah, yards. 60, like yeah, like, like I don't know, Reagan. It feels different. It really feels different. Like when you're watching these practices, it, it just feels it different. So it, it feels so much different, and you're watching this, and I'm like getting pumped. I'm like, man, this feels like this could be a championship quality team. Like, and I know that I don't want to say that because I know that brings a lot of hype and a lot of expectation into the season. And I'm with you, Reagan. Like, I'm thinking eight and four, yeah. and I'm a little bit more negative when it comes to to thinking this way, as you know, Reagan. You know, I, when it comes to LSU, I, I tend to lean a little bit more on the negative side than you do. Um, no. so, which is, which is weird to me. Cause I'm a really positive person. Like I, I, I am like always on the more positive side, but when it comes to LSU sports, like between us two, I'm always kind of more on the negative side. Like I, I'm more kind of eight and four because I think there's a lot of games in there that are really, really tough, you know, coin toss games, but the, the schedule is favorable. I actually had a guy, he, had, he messaged me last night and he's like, so is LSU going to like suck again this year? And I was like, no, absolutely not. And he said, is it because the schedule's favorable or is it because they're just better? And I said, yes, because they are better talent-wise, maybe not as much because you lost guys, you know, like Jay Ward, Andre Anthony, Damone Clark, you know, Neil Farrell. Like, you lost – Derek Stingley. Derek Stingley. Elias Ricks. Like, you lost a lot of studs there. So, like, talent-wise – Maybe you're not as a good team, but the coaching has caught that up to speed. And, no doubt. And, yes, the schedule is now favorable. So all that to say, what I'm seeing from spring practices, it's been very, very encouraging to me because it, it feels like you're you're back to where LSU football should be. Now, we may go eight and four. We may go, you know, at worst – I hate to say it, but, you know, say they end up going 7-5 and they lose to, like, Bama, A&M, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Tennessee, something like that. Like, it still is just feels different. You know, you feel where, like, last year you went into the season and you're like, okay, like, okay, we had the COVID year, we had 2020, like, all right, we're going to get things back to normal. You're like, you're coming into the UCLA game and you're like, we're going to win this game. We should dominate this game talent-wise. And then it happens and you're like, Oh my gosh, this this team is right where it was last year. It's the no. same locker room atmosphere. It's the same product on the field as last year, right? And it just feels completely different. And I hope we're correct on that. And dude, I'm really excited. There is a kind of downer uh, to this past week. You did find out that John Emery has had a minor injury. That's what Brian Kelly Very said. Minor. He was in a boot in practice, I think, today and yesterday. But yeah. Brian Kelly said he could be back as back soon as next, next week. week. Yeah. So it's very minor, but they're obviously going to be very cautious with him. You know, you do not want to <laughs> risk anything with him, you know, because he's already missed 2020 with the injury. He already missed 2021 with the ineligibility academic-wise. So you do not want to risk your star tailback who is – in his money year to further injure himself. So you rest him as long as possible. Shoot, if it if you come back and you reevaluate and you got to wait until the fall, do it. Do it. So really impressive from the wide receiver room. You know, some sad news about John Emery. And then also Will Campbell is just continuing to impress people. Like the dude freak, is balling out right now in spring. You know, the offensive line seems to be kind of coming together. We're starting to kind of see a little bit of the pieces there and what looks like is, is starting to become the starting five. Nothing's for sure, for certain, nothing's for sure, but really impressive early. And dude, I can't tell you, I am so pumped one week away. We are one week away from the spring game 
And yes, shoot, I may be going all by myself. I might be driving down there by myself. I may be renting a hotel by myself, but I'm going to that spring game. And I am super excited about it. I cannot wait. Awesome. I do hate that it's possible we might not get to see John Emery in the spring game, but that's fine. That's fine. I'll be totally good with seeing Corey Kiner and, and seeing Armani Goodwin and Trey Bradford and those guys just absolutely ball out. So I, I'm excited about it. Brandon Reese said BK is already, in my opinion, a top 10 coach, especially since he's the active winningest coach. Imagine if he was to finally win a title to add to that resume. You can make the argument top five then. I don't disagree. I don't disagree there, Brandon. I think that's a good take. And I have to agree. I think he's he might be top five now, Reagan. I mean, you got Saban, you got Dabo, you got Kirby Smart. Are we talking, are we talking current or all time? I'm sure he's talking current. I'm sure he's talking current. You know, current Saban yeah, obviously number one. Dabo's yeah. probably number two. Kirby's up there now. Maybe Jimbo. Maybe. Maybe. Oh. He has a national championship. He has a national championship, and he's an active coach right now. Coach Ordron also has a national championship. But he's not active right now. He's not an active coach. So, no, that's, he no. might be top five right now, honestly. He might be. Okay, so not only is he changing, you know, the whole scope of LSU, it seems like, you know, from a talent standpoint, we, we know what we got. He's bringing in his offense, and he's going to usher that in. And he's changing all that. But he is changing also the culture of the locker room. The locker room is going to change. It has been toxic. It's just been so horrible the last two years. Through the lazy academic slipping. Everybody's hurt. It's like a mash, an episode of mash every spring. (laughs) It's like – Everybody's hurt. Yeah, yeah. Like everybody's hurt. Today I saw the video where I can't remember who it was, but it doesn't matter who the player was. I believe it was Malik Neighbors, but he kind of showboated on a play. Yeah. He kind of showboated on a play, and Brian Kelly wasn't having it. Yep. He wasn't having it. In Sorry. fact, he stopped practice and pulled the team together and was talking about how this is a brotherhood. We lift our opponent, we lift our teammates up. We'll see what it looks like when it comes, you know, on the other field when it's when it's an opponent, it's not your teammate. He may let them go, but it's your own teammate. Hey, this is a brotherhood. We're in this yeah. together. We're, we 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 want to win a national championship together, right? Like it's been this, you know, I'm, you know, one up in culture under under Ed Ordron and and no continuity, no relational relationship. It feels like amongst the team, no mm-hmm. accountability, no trust, no brotherhood. And Brian Kelly has been stressing it a lot. He's changing the culture that has been so bad, that has been so polluted the last two years under Ed Ordron. Yeah, and you gotta love it. I mean, when you have the talent that you have, uh, the the pieces that you have, and you can usher in a new style of offense with coaches that are experienced, coaches they can relate to, coaches that have called plays in-game, have experience, are from a winning background. We're talking Super Bowl championships, national championships, you know, contending for national championships in the playoffs – so you have a coaching staff that can relate. They have a winning mentality. They have a player-focused mentality, and they have experience. And then you bring all that together with a brotherhood culture, a culture that 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 teaches brotherhood, like togetherness and accountability with the talent that you already have. It's a recipe for tons of wins. It is a recipe for tons of of wins, and you've got to love what Brian Kelly is doing. I I don't care about this, you know, this. he's not a culture fit. He's whatever, whatever. So what? Ed Orgeron was the culture fit, but he made LSU completely toxic and completely polluted. 
we can bring this guy from Boston in here, and he may not sound like anybody within a freaking 500-mile radius of, of, of the stadium, Death Valley, and bring a culture that brings togetherness and brotherhood, and you add that to the talent that we already have with the coaching staff that he's put together? Come on, man. Who cares if he's not from Louisiana? If he's here to win games, if he's here to win championships, who cares? I want to see LSU win. I don't care if he gets up there and talks Cajun and talks about the shrimp boats down in the bayou. Okay? And the holes. I want to hear him teaching accountability. I want to hear him teaching, you know, responsibility. You love it. And to that point, Reagan, like, think about how much the last two, three years you've had, like, personal fouls called in critical situations that really hurt. Yes. Yes. Like, I don't think we're going to see a lot of that anymore. You know, Brandon Reese is right here. Yep. Check that on on Ordron and the program for real. There's no doubt in my mind that that happened. Oh, I I really believe that. I have to believe as well. All right, guys. Well, I think we've talked enough spring football and recruiting update. Obviously we can get back into that. Here in the last segment. So, y'all be sure to stick around. Right around the corner, we're doing Tell Me TA. So, looking forward to it right after this. Let's go ahead and get hit a quick break with our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Five Star Hero, your intro and outro music for the Tigers Avenue show. They ain't ready for that LSU. Go check out all his other music on all the major platforms. Don't forget to follow him on Instagram, at Saints Anthem. And at Twitter, at One Nation Doty. Don't forget to check out his Facebook page for all his Saints and LSU merchandise. Five Star Hero. Can't get any better than Sarah Klein Stevens, attorney at law. Her firm focuses on the needs of the elderly and maintaining their dignity throughout the process. Here for you, here for your family. Sarah Klein Stevens, attorney at law. While we're waiting for some to come in, and y'all fire them in there. We want to interact. We love to interact. Zach, so to discuss briefly, we've been hearing lately little, you've been hearing little whispers, (laughs) little birdies. There may be some players coming back to this LSU basketball program. There may be some more than the two already. I've just got to say, I kind of called it. I said one or two. He did. I I called it, okay? Brandon Reese, tell me, T.A., tell me something good. (laughs) Tell me, T.A., which football coach in the SEC this upcoming season is under the most pressure? I say Fisher, fifth year, plus making like $9 a year. And just bought, or just brought, I mean, oh, bought all that talent. Just brought in all that talent. Oh, I see what he's, I see what he's saying. <laughs> he's talking in, okay, I get it now. Bought, just, I mean, I mean, brought, brought. I mean, I mean, brought. I get it now. I got you, Brandon. I got you. Was, yeah, he bought slick, it. Brandon. He bought it. Slick. Come on now. He bought it. Fisher is under a lot of pressure. It is crazy that, that, that through these, Years he's been there, <laughs> he got the same darn record that Sumlin's got. He's done the same darn thing Sumlin has. I don't care. I don't. Okay, look, I don't care who the coach is, and I don't care who uh, he bringing on all this talent. It's the best recruiting class that college football's ever seen. I don't care if you don't start winning some games. I don't care. Well, I do not care. You're getting paid big time money. You are bringing in these recruits. They expect it. Like, Kyle Field is pretty crazy. They, they've given you everything down there. You've got it down there. I mean, he, was, he wasn't he was wrong when he was saying it would be dumb to leave what I got because he's got a lot, and he can have more if he wants it. You got to win games, bro. You got to be better than 8-4. You got to do better or, or you got to do better than 8-4, 9-3, okay? Like, we need to see some national titles. I get they their their quarterback was hurt, whatever. But your record is the same as Sumlin's, dude. It's the same. 
That's bad. I don't care. That's bad. Brandon, that, for me, for me, I think it's Harson because oh, of everything that happened during the winter, like yeah. the boosters want that man gone. And I don't know what Hopefully happened. They never wanted him. Yeah, like, and that dude's like a dead man walking. I don't, I, I don't even know how he, how you can go back after all that happened. Like, you had stuff leaked about you and your secretary that may or may not even be true. Like, maybe it's true, and they did that to throw some dirt on you so you'd get out of there, or maybe it was just complete hogwash, and they made all that up to tr- to steal and try and force you out. Like, either way, that's bad. Like, it's bad. why are you still there? Why are you still there? And you you had Bo Nix leave. I mean, you 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 had you know guys left and right start tra- entering the transfer portal. Tank Bigsby you almost had, left. Tank Bigsby almost left. like you had all that turnover. And I just don't know how you could continue to stay there after all that happened. So for me, it's it's it definitely got to be Brian Harson. Yeah, it's it definitely got to be Brian it was a hot seat. Excellent story. Tell me, T.A., what do you think of Nick Storr's practice today? You, I honestly haven't seen much of, of, from Nick Storr's, but I love that he's back. I mean, you got to love it. In an p- extreme position of need. Yes. You know, and, and a great, you know, kind of Cinderella story for him. Of course, obviously we know Nick Storr's comes from the baseball team. He was yeah. a pitcher. He's dealt with a lot of injury, not just in baseball and football, and to get healthy again and to be able to come back to this team. He's wearing number 48 now. And to be at a position of need where LSU is extremely lacking depth. Like, not only do you need talent, you need bodies. Yep. You need bodies that tied in. And to get a guy like Nick Storrs who's – an older guy who can focus on his craft here at tight end position for this football team, you know, it's extremely exciting. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And what a comeback. I mean, everybody thought he was done with sports, period, uh, from this, you know, medical issue that he was dealing with. And, I mean, here he is at spring practice. I mean, what a, I mean, what an incredible story. An incredible story. And – you know, maybe maybe Brian Kelly had something to do with that, understanding he needed a tight end. He needed some more tight end. And maybe Nick Storrs had kind of been written off by the last coaching staff with the medical whatever had happened. And maybe, maybe just maybe Brian Kelly found out he had overcome some things and gotten healthy and gave him a call. You know, I mean, you never know. I, I really that's that's just complete speculation from my part, honestly. But I mean, you you got to love it. You, you got to love stories like that. I, I don't know if he'll ever make a major impact, but that kind of thing can that kind of story can bring camaraderie uh, with your program. Zach, tell me, TA Zach, if any current player, if any current player who is in the transfer portal with the basketball team could possibly come back, who would you most want? Who hasn't decided? I mean, Adam Miller. <laughs> I mean, yes, yeah, that obvious. But here's the thing: you've gotten quite a few guards already. Yeah. You know, from the transfer portal, guys that are committing. So for me, it might be Efton Reed. As much as I want to say, I mean, if you can get Adam Miller back, you get Adam Miller back. Period. Yes, yes, you get him back, but at a more Position of need, I think you need Efton Reed back. You need a big guy. You know, we got Cornelius coming in. We got some other big guy, big big dudes coming in. But, you know, Efton, he's familiar, obviously, with the program. I know this is a complete overhaul, right? Hashtag McMahon makeover. But either way, to get a guy that was already on your roster and a guy that put in a lot of valuable minutes, I know I know we had a lot of hard takes on Efton. You know, he, he – he had a really rough season, you know. Couldn't couldn't yeah. seem like he could never get going. Maybe Wade that's this year for him either. Yeah, it's Wade. I mean, Wade Wade took away some opportunities to really start feeding him the ball, and you know, I feel like we never got to see his full potential just within the last season. So, right. 
I don't know. Carl Dunn said O'Neill needs to come back too. I don't know after the comments and everything that was said with Shaq on his podcast. Like I, I don't know. You never know. I don't even know if I'm I don't know. But I mean, you don't know if you want him back, but you kind of need him back. You know, if he comes back, it would be nice because you, like you just said, you need big guys. Yeah. Right now, I mean, you don't have many big guys. Like the only big guy necessarily you have right now is Cornelius Williams. Like, and then Kendall think Coleman, about that. I guess you could consider him a big guy. Who? Who? Kendall Coleman. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're right on it. But you got two big guys. Neither of them have played Power Five conference. And one of them hadn't even played college Wait, basketball yet. You know who – now, you may already know about this, but you know who I would love to get from the freaking transfer portal? Obviously, K.J. Williams, we've already mentioned K.J. Williams. Lofton. Lofton from Louisiana Tech. Yes. Is he committed anywhere? No, well, so today, he, he is getting a lot. If McMahon gets him, it's a big deal, okay? Yeah. Because supposedly he has been getting – he has been getting a ton of, of recognition. But I would love to get Lofton. Yes. Lofton would be awesome to get. Um, I I, and I'm actually meant to mention that in our last show and completely forgot. But Kenneth Lofton would be huge. And I would love to have Kenneth dominated. Lofton. He dominated in the He, he is game. physical. He is physical as it gets. Tell me, T.A., what are your realistic expectations for Matt McMahon next year? Oh. I don't know, man. I, I really don't. Five hundred, but it'd be great. Above five hundred yeah. in, in the in the SEC, like you're going to win your non-conference. You're going to win your non-conference. Not all of them. You'll probably slip up, you know, one or two here and there. But you know, you'll win the games you're supposed to win. You know, the games that are tough ones are close. You're probably going to, you know, you're probably going to lose some of those. You know, that's the reality of what is about to come. You know, but who's to say you can't go out there and compete and still? I mean. Like, I'm not expecting it at all, but they can't take a regular season championship away from you. They can't because they're going to, they can have a postseason appearance ban, you know, tournament ban. But I mean, you could still you go out there season, and compete the and season. win the regular season championship and be like, yep. now we're done. Like, we were won the regular season championship. We ain't got to worry about a postseason. Obviously, that'd be kind of, you know, depressing that. You won the regular season championship and yeah. then you weren't able to go. But, you know, we're not I don't know if the expectation is SEC championship. No, no, that, that's not the expectation. But I'm saying, yeah. like, but if you, did you could still go out and do that, like, and that would be really, really cool. It's not going to happen, but, you know, that's still an obtainable never goal. Say never. never say never. Never say never. But, never say never. listen, you know, I think we got to expect – already he's already exceeded my expectations on what he's done on the recruiting front. And the guys he's brought in via the transfer portal. So for me, you know, I would just like to see them go above 500 in, in, in conference play. Yeah, I gotta agree. I mean, I, I I think that's a realistic expectation. I think that's realistic. Um, and that was kind of your your question there. What's realistic? And I think that's I think that's the most realistic thing you could expect. He may surprise us though. I think he's a great coach, and if he's getting some more talent in than he uh, expected to or, or what he's used to at Murray State, you never know what he could do. I, I mean, this is why we mentioned him. This is why me and Zach started saying his name immediately. We've seen what he's done at Murray State at that kind of level. What could you do with the talent LSU could bring? I mean, it's the same thing with Brian Kelly. It's the same thing. He's doing that at Notre Dame. With those academic restrictions, with with that kind of place, he's making it to the playoffs. He's getting in BCS championships, and you unlock resources for him. You give him more to do with. Yep, that's the situation Matt McMahon's in. So you never know, but it is what it is. He said, "Let's be honest. If we're put on a one-year tournament ban next year, it probably won't matter." We probably won't be good next year anyway. I mean, yeah, there, there's a possibility. It could just be like, all right, we got to give him a while. This is why you gave him a six, seven-year contract, right? That That is why. You're going to get to see him compete and yeah. go to the tournament yeah. after you get past you the, him time. the postseason events. You yeah. got to give him time. Not only do you got to give him time to get through the postseason bans, 
then you have to give him time to recruit guys who want to come because now they can compete in the postseason. Correct. Because you're going to miss out on some guys because you can't participate in the postseason. Yep. You got so to give them time before the ban and you got to give them time after the ban, which is going to be really tough for fans. Yeah. So, yep. so buckle up. It may be a little bit. It may be a rough faith. ride. Have faith. WTA about the two out-of-state DB commitments this week. Zach, tell them about them. So, Michael Daltrey, he's out of Georgia. Dude, he's got a lot of confidence. Michael Daltrey has a lot of confidence. I've seen more. i got to be honest. I've seen more on Michael Daltrey than I have with Ryan Yates. Michael Daltrey can fly around the ball. I mean, he is very athletic. He's got a very confident personality. And, I mean, you need that, right, within a with a DB commit. I mean, if you're going to come to LSU and be a part of DBU, like, you got to have that type of personality. Absolutely. You know, you got to kind of have that edge about you, like, I'm going to be me. And, yep. and what you're going to do about it. Really excited. Obviously, it's really early, you know. <laughs> I mean, we can still wait till next year, and they're going to come in and – you know, have to compete there and it may be a year or two until we see their full potential. But, you know, another thing is we are going to start to see Brian Kelly's going to go after his guys. Like he's not going to go after, you know, a five-star, a four-star just because they have that star rating. Like he is going to do talent evaluation a lot better than the last staff did under Ed Orgeron. And that's what I'm excited about. So the potential – for these guys is exciting. And when you get them at a four star, Brian <laughs> Kelly, you know, wanted those guys talent, you know, evaluated those guys. It's even more encouraging. So those, those are two guys that are going to come in. They're going to have to compete at that safety position. And I'm excited, you know, to see it down the road. It's, it's, it's exciting. Everything about the football program right now is exciting. The recruiting's exciting, you know, and, and Dave, you're probably going to get another, Big time recruit coming in here soon in May. In uh, something I, I forgot to mention, uh, speaking of recruiting, is Brian Kelly said, quote, that he assured us that the roster spots would be filled. Yeah. The open spots for, for this class will be filled. Assured us. A ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Assured us. What does that mean? Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. Like, he assured you. So expect more. Expect yeah. more. Carl, don't really wish he will recruit and talk to media, LOL. Hopefully, uh, I guess he's – I don't know. Who, who's he talking about there? He's really being funny. He's talking about oh, Brian oh, yeah, gotcha. <laughs> He'll never do a press conference. Get out of your office. <laughs> Oh, oh we'll not talk about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Good, good we appreciate y'all joining in. Uh, we're going to hit a quick break, and then we will come back and wrap it up. We'll see you right after this. Make sure you go follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Tigers Avenue for daily updates on the show and all things LSU sports. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to click off and hit that subscribe button at Tigers Avenue. We broadcast all of our shows live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. All right. We appreciate all your comments for the Tell Me TA segment, all of you that did uh, participate. We really appreciate it. We love to do this show. We love to interact with y'all. It's always a blast. And next show will be on Monday. Monday for the next show. Guys, tomorrow's Easter Sunday. Christ indeed is risen. And he indeed is the Savior. Thank you uh, for participating tonight. Happy Easter to all of you and all of your families. We'll catch you next time in the Tigers Avenue. Five-star hero, take us out. Peace. And the LSU Tigers, LSU Tigers.